0: Hi, this is uh, Mike Edelhart, and uh, I'm here with another edition of Inception, our podcast where we talk about beginnings, the beginnings of companies, of new ideas, of careers, and new forms of science, and sometimes even take a little peek at the, uh, at the future. And today I'm here with, I think, maybe even the first or so investment from uh Giants fund, uh, Richard Lynn from Thrive.
1: Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Um, pleasure to be here. And uh, can't wait to talk with your audience.
0: Yeah, same here. Uh, it's great to have you up here. And we're uh, actually here in my uh, my home office today, which we don't always do. But uh, Richard felt the office at his end would be uh, too noisy, too much going on. Which, at least from my <laughs> point of view as the investor, that sounds really good. So, how are things going?
1: Uh, things are going, things are going well. And uh, yeah, I apologize we're not doing this at our office. Uh, we have a mix of warehouse slash, you know, a proper office. And so, because of that, um, it's usually a little bit more noisy uh, with what we're doing. But uh, we're doing well. We're um, prepping up for our Series A, and so we're growing uh seven figure revenue um we have about 13 employees at the point at this moment um and yeah i'd love to share a little bit more as we go go along
0: yeah that'd be great so it's probably a good idea to just make sure everybody who's listening um who wasn't there when we first invested and haven't met you
1: before knows a bit about just what it is you do so thrive does Sure. So uh, Thrive is a gut health company that provides microbiome DNA testing. So we're able to look at all the different microbes in someone's gut, all the bacteria, the yeast, and the viruses, relate that to your health, and personalize food recommendations and a probiotic supplement.
0: And um, how'd you get into this? Because you're not uh, a doctor. You're not you know, from uh, that side of things. So many of the folks who work for you are, which is one of the reasons why we gave you money.
1: But Um,
0: How'd you come to be doing probiotics for a living?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my background is actually, has been in product across um, different software companies, but originally got into space because three years ago I took antibiotics, ended up hospitalized, and went to multiple different doctors and opinions. They pretty much all said, you're too young and healthy looking to be sick. Uh, You're probably hypochondriac, and here's some antidepressants. And it was kind of through that experience that I... Met uh, different people in forums and Facebook groups dealing with chronic health problems. And they said, hey, you might have this super bug from these antibiotics called uh, C. diff, which kills about uh, half a million people a year in the U.S. And so I went to my fourth opinion, got myself tested for C. diff. It came back positive. I was quarantined. It was a very serious and traumatic experience. But um, got that figured out, felt much better. And it was through that that I wanted to build a product that could help everyday consumers understand what exactly was going on in their microbiome and ultimately how to improve it. Cool. So now you're talking about kind of customizing these
0: probiotics, but there are like millions of microbes and they operate in colonies and all very complicated. So you're not really at the point yet that you can make a probiotic just for me, are you? Or are you kind of creating probiotics for people like me at this point?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So just to take a little bit of a step back for your audience, uh, the microbiome is millions of different species of bacteria. Probiotics generally are considered good bacteria in the body. Um, there's probably hundreds to thousands of different strains of probiotics that we currently know and have sequenced. Uh, but in terms of our probiotics, we have different formulas and categories that we fit people under in terms of a... Uh, their health and uh, kind of their symptoms you know their health goals as well as their microbiome test and so the way we look at it is we'll see if they have an overgrowth of specific bad bacteria and then we'll incorporate different probiotic strains that can create something called bacterial isins which are naturally occurring antibiotics that can lower those counts of bad bacteria and based on those two profiles we'll be able to customize which formula pro- probiotics is best fit for you
0: Got it, and um, and so right now you're selling this to consumers as a subscription, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the way it works is, you know, we're direct to consumer e-commerce online. Um, you buy the gut health program, and that includes the DNA test as well as the app with the recommendations and the insights. And then the probiotics are about thirty eight dollars a month. So the initial program is ninety nine, and then thereafter is thirty eight dollars a month. Got it.
0: And um, so you're talking about your series A, we invested as we tend to right at the very beginning and hope that we're at a point where people would, at least some people would be ready for this, recognize the value, respond to it. Uh, What do you think you need to look like to have a successful series A?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I been asking around a lot. Uh, unfortunately, with consumer subscription companies, there's not too much information. But from what I've gathered, there's a couple of things. So top line revenue, in terms of monthly recurring, minimum is around eighty thousand a month, uh, right around there. So about a million in ARR. Uh, MPS score, net promoter score. If your audience isn't familiar, um, about twenty five to forty, and then retention rate. Um, We've seen different kind of stats provided, but essentially roughly 60, 50 to 60% retention by month six and kind of asymptotes and carries out in terms of retention. Um, so those are kind of the three major ones that we look at. That makes sense. We're actually
0: uh, seeing uh, quite a bit of focus among eight-round investors in the unit economics, So, um, uh, which means every time you sell something to somebody, how much of it sticks to your ribs? And Mm -hmm. um, and what's the size of that transaction? And then what does the next transaction look like? So if I were uh, making and selling shoes, What am I getting for the shoes? $300. What does it cost me to make the shoes? $120. So I have $180 to contribute to the business from that sale. Will they buy a second pair of shoes this year or socks or something? And then what does it cost to get them and all of that? And the churn, the retention and all to some degree is a function of those unit economics. Because if every customer drops off $1,000 on the first sale... You can tolerate a lot more churn <laughs> than if every
1: customer drops off um, ten bucks. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, just to add color to that. I mean, I I think it ties into customer lifetime value. So when we're looking at their overall spend throughout their lifetime, what does that number add up to? And usually, the number that investors are looking for is uh, one to three CAC to LTV ratio. Right. So customer acquisition cost. Every dollar you put in, you should be able to get three dollar three dollars of gross profit right. out of LTV. Um, and yes, what we've seen with kind of the funding um, environment is is changing. The Series A goalpost is continuing to move over time, and it's getting a little bit more challenging just because uh, the expectations of you know these Series A investors are going up uh, as as things are trending differently. So prior, it was usually just the seed round to a Series A. Now we see pre-seed yeah. to a seed to a post-seed. To a Series A Uh, and so forth. And really, that's just um, expression of pre-product market fit, which is kind of in the seed round, and then post-product market fit, which is your Series A ready. Let's throw some more dollars at it, put fuel to the fire, throw money in marketing, and grow really rapidly.
0: Yeah, I think that's all true. The way we put it, because we're in so many companies really early. Well, one, we don't even talk about seed, any of that anymore. Because we get confused, and I think everybody gets confused.
1: I think the entrepreneurs get kind of confused, too. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so we just now talk about first raise, second raise, third raise, um, and track it that way, because there do tend to be multiple moments of bringing in capital or shifting the business before an A round now, in many cases. Um, And we're also seeing the A's um, clump into categories. So we're seeing uh, super high A's. Hmm. Uh, uh, If you hit it just right and you get uh, a bit of a feeding frenzy going, the bigger funds and corporate VCs will start bidding you up. And there's a relatively small number of them, but they're really big and they're really high in value. And then there's the median A's, which is where most of the companies wind up. And they're a function of unit economics and multiple on revenue or revenue acceleration. And they're not really huge. And they're not super high priced. Um, And then we have the unfortunate companies that uh, we see sort of trapped in the desert. uh, Where they keep going to folks with not quite enough growth. Not quite enough contribution. And being told over and over again, just a little more. Just mm-hmm. a, The Oasis is over the hill, and they're slowly running out of money, and they're slowly getting parched, and it doesn't come together, and it doesn't come together. Uh, uh, and we're really seeing companies in our portfolio in those three buckets, and clearly you don't want to be in the bottom one. It's a right. horrible thing to watch an entrepreneur go through. And if you can, you want to be at the top,
1: but at the very least you want that solid A- so, what kind of <clears throat> what kind of metrics are you seeing on the the medium and the high side in terms of what's being raised? What kind of valuations? Yeah.
0: It's well, the high side um, is a function of I think more than just economics. Certainly, you have to have economics, but uh, in other words, you have to have customers and you have to have uh, revenue and you have to have a sense that you've got a real business. But beyond that. Uh, I think the investors need to see uh, either shockingly high numbers, uh, 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 positive, or every customer I get brings me three new customers. Each of those three new customers performs better than the original customer. I have this incredible compounding (laughs) uh, thing going on where it looks like in you know, in a matter of not very long, everyone on earth will be using mm. this. and, uh, and uh, um, uh, we are having trouble believing our own projections, and all of our issues are about scale because there may not be enough electricity in California you know that kind of thing. Yeah. If investors can convince themselves of that, uh, the second one is new business model. Uh, um, uh, nobody's ever made money this way before. Uh, nobody's ever been able to make money this way before. Uh, and um, uh, so instant diagnosis. You're walking around doing nothing and deep science is looking at everything in your body and diagnosing and all of that kind of thing. If somebody actually believes that's possible, then the uh, potential for value is unprecedented and new. They get all excited about that. And the third is is celebrity. Uh, that this is being used by everybody who matters in ways that matter. Every single one of the major league baseball players had their batting average go up five points mm-hmm. because of this. And you want it because you want your equivalent of your batting average to go up by five points, whether that's running faster, lasting longer, looking better. Um, if there's a real belief in that. Uh, and, um, and those would be, you know, potentially 40, 50 million pre A's, uh, 10 million, 12 million raised, mm-hmm. uh, Big rounds, big value. And the medians are, you know, five to seven X near term revenue, which will tend in most cases to be uh, in the dozens of uh, millions in valuation. And because it's a lower price, maybe three to five raised, which means, again, you're going to have to raise again sooner. And usually for a specific purpose, we're expanding from three cities to five or expanding from one product line to three. Um, We're going into our second geo. We're taking over our factory. Something really specific that's the reason for that A. And the entrepreneur can show pretty clearly that if we get this much money and we do that, here's how the company's going to look. Got it.
1: Great uh, great explanation. I'm always curious what goes on in the Series A investors' mind as you're thinking through these different scenarios.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of different kinds of investors. One of the things that we... uh, you. We have these offsites where we plan out our fund. We do them twice a year. We just had one in July. More than half the post-A rounds, buy money, are now corporate VCs, not professional VCs. Interesting. So one of the biggest changes is a lot of corporations are investing directly because they're scared. They need a future. They need something mm-hmm. new to sell. Uh, they need something new to deliver, and they want to try and get some... Uh, influence on companies before too late they all yeah. point to yeah
1: that's definitely something we've seen uh in our space you know the food companies chemical companies cpg companies and so forth are all starting to have a venture arm mm-hmm. and starting those conversations early and so
0: yeah yeah, we're seeing and of course they're relatively price <coughs>
1: insensitive so if you get them
0: excited it can be um it can be a good um it can be a good thing um, um You know, in terms of what goes on, one of the things uh, I point out a lot to uh, uh, entrepreneurs when we're talking is that the default for every fund at every meeting is no. You can't lose your investors' money if you're a fund if you don't invest it. Mm -hmm. You don't make much money, but you can't lose their money. So it's always, we aren't going to do it. And the company has to overcome that. And the second natural stance in every partner meeting I've ever been in is, well, we might do it, but it's better to wait. Mm -hmm. Every month that goes by, you're going to lay more pipe. I'm going to see another month's financial. I'm going (laughs) to see another month's uh, development of the team. So the longer we wait, the longer we can, you know, it's like playing poker. If I'm betting right, on right. the fifth card out of seven, I know a lot more than if I'm betting on the second card. Out Got of a seven. lot more
1: chances. but <laughs> Yeah. So it's a little dreadful for the entrepreneur as they go through that.
0: It can be. And and what the entrepreneur needs is some sort of forcing function. And the forcing function could be another investor's interest that I have terms. But it can also be from the market. Uh, so one, we encourage investors to go talk to we encourage entrepreneurs to go talk to investors long before they need the money, yeah, and become what we call truth tellers. So show up and say, you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna increase ten percent month on month over the next couple of quarters, and then show up four months later and go, oh, I was wrong. It was fifteen percent month <laughs> on month, and and then show up again and go, actually. It's 18% mm-hmm. month on month. So you can get in the investor, the price going up, I better do something now or this is going to start getting out of control. It's going to start right, getting right. expensive. It's, that the, kind of it's thing.
1: FOMO, right? Fear of missing yeah, out. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. It is. You you want to get the investor in a place where they're convinced that this is the best opportunity they'll have to uh, establish a relationship with you. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think too many entrepreneurs show up too late and they, they show up right and it's like showing up for a first date gone. so the question is whether they're getting married or
1: not it's like it's getting married on the first day
0: yeah it's like yeah. Whoa, whoa 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 dude just wait a minute she just got here but that's what they do they yeah. don't know and they don't research the funds like mm. who are the funds investors what's the funds motivation uh why are they size, doing this? yeah theme
1: kind of type of companies they invest in i think yeah as an entrepreneur one of the things i've been learning over the course of two and a half years is starting those relationships early. Uh, the, my, my initial um, fundraise was, you know, as a new entrepreneur, still learning. And so kind of wish, you know, in retrospect, you can go back and build those relationships early versus, hey, we're three months in and we need, you know, we kind of need the money. What's going on versus, you know, showing them the progress over time. Uh, hitting the, you know, the ball out of the park and um, getting them excited. So.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's situational. I mean, in your case, we had just started a brand-new fund in, in what for us was an experimental area, uh, uh, the emerging science and tech of health and happiness. And we went into it not knowing if we'd find any companies at all or we'd have to hang around for two years uh, looking for the idea we felt was out there. And then you walked in the door like days after we started the fund. (laughs) And so, and and there we've just been through all the meetings about this is what matters and microbiome is one of the leading edges of this. And we don't know if it's going to work or not. And we don't know if consumers are ready, but it sure would be interesting to find out. And you walked in the door saying, "Um, it's early for this, but we think they're ready. And we wanted to help you get out there so that we could see what would happen
1: and you you guys have been great partners with us and so we're super excited
0: well thanks uh uh, we try uh to be helpful we joke that we're trying to be the fund we all wished we had uh when we were younger doing what you're doing now Mm -hmm. i i call my job startup methadone it's it's just enough to keep uh sort of an old startup addict like me normal enough that i don't do something stupid like Wait, I can still do this. And um, um, uh, our role now is to help guys like you. So one thing I wanted to ask you about, so I prep for these a little, remind myself of things and, and look at some of the background. And, and your um, uh, LinkedIn profile, I think it's Christian, husband, father, father CEO. CEO. Yeah. And of course, you know, from a venture point of view, it's like, oh, no, no, that should be CEO, <laughs> CEO, CEO, CEO. Right. And anyway, there's some other stuff, but... So I'm curious. So we don't see that a lot. Yeah. So person of faith. Yes. Uh, I guess. So what does that mean? And uh, uh, if you don't mind going into something personal, and yeah. and how does that impact as a challenge, as an advantage, in any way, uh, what you do as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing that up. And um, it's you know like like you mentioned, Christian husband, father. CEO in that very particular order and for me you know my faith always comes first God is first uh, in my life and so out of my faith in knowing God and obeying him flows out to being a better father uh, being a better husband being a better CEO and so you know as as this is kind of carried out um, in terms of the values of our business and how we think about uh, how do we treat our employees? How do we think about being a customer-centric business? Um, you know, as a Christian, one of the things that we do is we serve others. We love others. And so <laughs> that comes out in, you know, the way we serve our employees, the way we serve our customers, and just making sure that we care we care for other people's needs first before our own. Um, so from a very high level, that's kind of what it looks like. In terms of challenges, um, it's interesting because Silicon Valley... Is more on the liberal side, in the sense that uh, more conservative thinking and more Christian thinking is not the norm. I haven't necessarily found any challenges with you know people I've come across in Silicon Valley. People have been uh, very civil, very um, empathetic, and nice, and things like that. And so, uh, in general, it's been it's been good. But um, there's definitely topics. Uh, I don't want to necessarily talk about politics in this sense, but there's definitely areas in in our worldview that is pretty contrary to certain other worldviews. And so um, we haven't had any issues there. And I think as a Christian, as long as I continue to love people uh, with the truth and, and just being genuine, that it opens different conversations for that. So
0: Makes sense to me. And we actually see in the fund of strong statistical correlations around truth and around love mm. and uh, i've said that on these podcasts before i sort of got the eye roll out here a little bit but it's true <laughs> um
1: and what's because machines don't love no, I'm just kidding. well,
0: well <laughs> machines don't love and um and sociopaths don't love mm. and self-interested people don't love and uh but uh, uh again not to get uh turned this into the Sunday sermonette or something, but uh, lies compound, lies corrode. And and, and that doesn't always mean, you know, something obvious, but if a leader in a startup is deluding him or herself about what's really going on, the team can feel it. Mm. The customers can feel it. And uh, 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 we just had a situation here. I was waiting for a delivery yesterday, and the guy said, wasn't at home. And I was Mm. at home. He just never didn't want to walk up all those stairs you just walked up. <laughs> and um, and you can get away with a little of that, but too much of that, I know he's lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he knows he's lying. And that tends to corrode. And And so uh, our best CEOs are truth-tellers. They tell themselves the truth. They tell their teams the truth. They tell their customers the truth. And, and in so doing, they actually solve the problems in front of them because they accept them and recognize them. and And teams that love one another, uh, if there's joy in the office, mm. people work harder. They stay longer, not because they're being forced to stay longer, but because they want to be there for one another. And that produces much better outcomes. Uh, you know, the guy or gal with the uh, the uh, whip and the chair and the, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, fear orientation is not going to get great yeah. productivity.
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I always like to look at other, you know, faith-based, Christian-based businesses and... A couple that I find really interesting are uh, Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out. Now, the world media might say certain things about the founders' beliefs, but you know the values that they have with um, you know paying the highest in terms of the fast food industry, um, providing franchises that are the most lucrative for their owners, and then you just look at you know their their bottom line is just growing. You know they have happy employees, they're making more money. Uh, you contrast that to Uh, Other companies are penny-pinching or trying to cut corners like McDonald's and so on and so forth that um, You know they're losing market share to these some of these fast-food restaurants, and so I definitely think part of It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a Christian to have those values I think there's other faith-based religions that have uh, You know truth and caring for others and things like that that I think from um, you know professional environment definitely helps with you know growing the business and things like that by doing it the right way Makes sense. Um,
0: And uh, uh, so all of those things, you've got father, you've got husband, um, and you've got the company. Um, Who are you five years from now? Who are you 10 years from
1: now? Oh, man, that's a good question. It's funny, because as the CEO of an early stage startup i'm usually thinking quarters and so <laughs> uh three to five years ten years from now um you know I, I i hope i'm growing in my maturity uh as a christian in holiness uh in three to five years that i'm wiser and better in that way um in terms of being a better husband being there more for my wife and that and one thing that i've seen is you know as any ceo can attest to you know your days filled with a bunch of things here it's so busy but um it's very hard to strike a work-life balance that and people think that oh if you have work-life balance you're just spending more time say with family and things like that but if your mind isn't really there right. uh, you can physically be presently there but you're not really there and so my wife will always Sometimes tell me like, are you are you there? Are you in there? You know, the you know, there's something going on with the kids right now, and you you don't seem to be responsive. And so, I would hope, uh, you know, years down the line that I'm I'm better at doing that. That when it's time to spend time with family and so on, that uh, I'm I'm doing that in a much better state. Uh, in terms of the business, um, you know, in three to five years, we really hope that um Thrive becomes the forefront of gut health, and when we mean gut health we don't mean just digestion we mean we're helping improve the quality of life for people dealing with um, autoimmunity with mental health issues with um, uh, digestive problems and so on and so forth because the gut is tied to so many different parts of your health and so we want to become that central part of um, uh, a person's health and um, all those different areas we want to make an impact in so
0: a worthy goal on both sides <laughs> so i guess we might as well uh, uh leave it uh, there or uh, we're going to get uh, downright philosophical here shortly <laughs> great to see you congratulations on all the progress looking absolutely. forward to see how the a round uh comes out and uh glad we have a chance to help
1: absolutely thanks a lot
0: mike